Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Today's guest is Allie Hogan, the founder and board chair of the innovative nonprofit Rung for Women, which has assembled in one place all the resources for success needed by women struggling to lift themselves from poverty. Allie will also share insights about her superpower, bringing people into her dream world. Allie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just a thrill to meet you and and to have this opportunity to learn more about what you're doing at Rung for Women. Well, thank you for having me. This is exciting. Well, you're you're kind. It seems to me that what you're doing at Rung for Women truly is innovative. Uh, I haven't seen anything quite like this. And maybe you can tell me if you modeled this on someone else's program, but it, it seems to me that it's kind of a fresh take on how to help women uh, stay out of uh, or recover from periods of homelessness and challenges in in, uh, intergenerational poverty. And I just love working on that stuff. So I commend you for doing it. But tell us how it works, where the idea came from, et cetera, et cetera. Give us a little orientation. Yeah, the idea came from, I used to own a nonprofit resale shop. And the whole idea behind it was to dress women for the job they wanted. and I had that for eight years. And I'm, I'm, in that time, I met a lot of um, interesting women. And I partnered with a lot of organizations that were working with women in crisis. And um, what I heard from those women often was, I don't really know what my next step is. I'm in this transitional housing situation, which is great. It gets them out of domestic violence situations. It gets them off the street. Um, however, it doesn't really give them any life skills. It just really is a... Um, Uh, get you started process. Um, So I looked around the country. I did go and visit a place in Cincinnati multiple times um, that does this very um, integrated and collaborative um, process all in one building. So it was multiple services, but in one building. So it was, you know, they were all working together. So it was kind of a one-stop shop idea. And while I, while I really loved what they were doing, it was um, a, probably a different demographic than I was shooting for. So I just sort of took that seed and then, you know, personalized it to what I was looking for. Um, and that's kind of where we are. We are, are you know, our mem- we call them members because we feel like that's a very inclusive term. Um, mm-hmm. Our members are sort of a range of women, but they are all experiencing some kind of stuckness. They're just sort of um, living paycheck to paycheck or just getting through the day or, you know, just sort of on autopilot. And this is a place for them to elevate. And it's not just about putting them in jobs. There's a lot of places that that place women in jobs. Um, But, you know, you can put somebody in a job, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to enjoy it, that they're going to thrive in it, that they're going to move up in it. So what's really keeping these women from getting into a job that's really going to provide them the money and um, sustainability that they need? Well, when you do, when we did the research, we realized the one of the biggest issues with women are all the barriers in their lives. And um, as women, we tend to fill up other people's cups before we fill up our own. So we're looking at a lot of single moms. We're looking at a lot of um women that have just struggled their whole lives working part-time jobs, fast food jobs. They've never had benefits. They've never had, um, you know, promotions. Those just aren't the kind of jobs they're in. So 
in order to prepare them for those things, they need a lot. They need therapy. You know, we have a lot of women dealing with trauma, with um, undiagnosed mental illness. Um, they need a financial counselor who can sort of walk them through how they can start to make a budget, plan for the future, retirement. Um, we require our women to go through a six-month coaching program, which is really meant to sort of narrow the field for them a little bit. It's kind of like, um, I think of it like a college campus. Um, you go to college, you're assigned a college counselor. They're the ones who sort of get you set up with your general education, but then also sort of push you to what your major is going to be. That's the job of a coach. Um, people in my demographic are familiar with coaching. We've used it. I've used it personally to figure out what I want to do for when I grow up or, um, you know, those kinds of things. But there aren't many coaches that work in this demographic and there aren't many women in this demographic who even know what coaching is. Um, it's not therapy. And that's, that's been a challenge. You know, the coaches can't be therapists and the members can't be going to them for therapy. Um, but it's really helped them, you know, we test their personality skills. We figure out, um, how they do, you know, do they need to be in a job that's social? Do they need to be in a job that's more at a desk? Do they need to be at a job that's virtual? You know, all these things we can figure out in the coaching process. And while they're doing that, um, they can get the therapy. They can talk to the financial counselor. We have a gym. They can work out, work on their, you know, getting themselves healthier. We have a, um, we have a clinic um, that practices family medicine, so they can do, you know, general checkups, well women visits. Their kids can get uh, immunized. Um, we have a garden where we grow our own food. Uh, we have a chef and a farmer who work together to teach them about healthy eating and how to shop on a budget and how to make food taste good. Um, so we realized that if you sort of put all these, these things together, you're really helping the mind, body and soul. And when that happens, what you find is women elevate from a confidence perspective, from a self-awareness perspective, from a self-determination perspective. And that's really what prepares them for walking into a corporate job or you know, a geospatial position or a trade job or any of those things, we're, ju we're just arming them with confidence. And that's what we do. Yeah. It, one of the interesting <clears throat> things that I've learned in recent years is I've tried to play a little role in doing this kind of work in my own community is that the perception sometimes that our, our struggling friends are somehow inherently less capable is is really flawed uh, that in fact it takes a lot of intelligence and a lot of hard work to struggle uh, right and so and and a lot of us would not thrive uh, as well as some of our struggling friends do if we were plopped into that situation suddenly right we don't know how to cope with that and they have learned all those skills but at the same time uh, you now, are, are helping them identify the skills they don't have, right? It's not a, an absence of intelligence. It's an absence of skills in part, right? That they don't know how to do all these things, you know, budgeting and, and a variety of things. It's not lack of intelligence, not lack of desire. It, their circumstances are very different oftentimes. And those things become, so I, it, it's really inspiring to see you doing this, this great work. Um, these are relatively early days. You, you launched this year, I think. Is yep. that right? We had our first class in March. Mm -hmm. 
So tell us a little bit about how it's going so far. What kind of impact are you seeing? It's great. So we're going to do two classes a year. We're looking for around 100 women in a class. And we do that on purpose because we want them to sort of start together, again, like college. Um, they're all going to go in different directions, but at least they have their people in the beginning, um, which has been really great to see because community is such a huge part of this where women don't feel as isolated and alone. Um, but so we we very methodically choose who's in the class. And our for our first class, we had almost a thousand applicants for 120 slots. Um, and we're really trying to hit a large group. So we consider things like race, current income, age. Um, it, you know, where where are you in St. Louis? Um, so we really try to hit on all of those. And interestingly enough, this group, hit it all. I mean, our first class was the average age was 27. The class we've just welcomed, the average age is 45. I mean, it's it, every every class we're going to have to pivot a little bit to adjust to that. Um, so if they qualify, but they don't make it based on the amount of women, then we automatically invite them to join the next class. Um, this class we just welcomed what we had 650 applicants and we, well, you know, we invited 110. So the first class wow. started in March, they completed their six month coaching program. What would that have been like the end of August, um, into September. So what happens after that is then they immediately go to their career training and then career training is all about soft skills, customer service, um, you know, learning things that we sort of take for granted and, we're opening their world. How do you dress properly? How do you deal with inner office conflict? How do you negotiate your pay? What, what are benefits? Um, really basic stuff to get them going. Um, we find our employers tell us that people are most often hired for their qualifications, but they're fired for their behavior. And so that soft skill piece is a huge part of it. But we do require after the coaching program that you go into the career program next. So we anticipate women are going to be there anywhere for from nine to 18 months. Um, and we feel like at that point we will have, we guarantee you an interview. We have researched, we have figured out what we feel like is best for you. If you agree, we go from there. It really is important. I think to recognize that, uh, helping people uh, build a path out of poverty, especially if, if that's something they've experienced across generations, it uh, takes more than a, a weekend workshop, takes more than a hundred dollar gift. It's more than just a place to live. It, it's a whole package of things that, and you're trying to deal with basically all of them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I have been humbled by how much people don't know that I took for granted. Um, you know, we have one member who is a teacher and some of our members want to stay in the, the um, profession they're in. They just can't move up. So we have a teacher in an inner city school. She wants to be a teacher, but she wants to be in a better school district. But every time she interviews, she has a panic attack. She can't she can't sit through the interview. Um, OK, so we can best we can, you know, create a program for her that teaches her how to interview and yeah. you know, builds up her confidence so she can stay in the job she has, but maybe move up, be in a better district, make more money. Um, so we have those members too. Yeah. It's fantastic that you're able to customize the program to achieve those kinds of results. Uh, so I congratulate you for that. 
Um, your grandfather founded your grandfather uh, founded uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Correct. And yep. tell us a little bit about how that has influenced your life and and then this particular project. Yeah, so he uh, so my grandfather was a World War II veteran. Um, and you know, he loved St. Louis. I, I my family has lived in St. Louis for as many generations as we can all figure. Um, and you know, he was a he was the kind of guy that thought that b- good business was built on relationships. So you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. You don't have to have the most money in the room if you're trustworthy and friendly and people think you're a nice guy. That was always his thing. Jack, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for being a nice guy. Didn't care that he built this company, none of that. So he built his business on relationships. You know, back then it was a handshake and maybe a penciled in, you know, rental agreement or whatever. Um, and he he just always raised us to be respectful and to, you know, customer service is where it's at, but not customer service as like a salesman, customer service as a, I really do care, I really am listening. And, you know, after that, when he got to a certain level of success, then he just wanted to improve St. Louis. He remembers a time when St. Louis was the third biggest city in the country, you know, back in the days of the World Fair and all those things. And he he was very disappointed with some of the things that had happened over the years in St. Louis. And so it was sort of his mission to do big things, not just little, not just a ton of little things, but big things to make a big impact. So we were raised with a man who was a dreamer and sort of leapt before he thought, which is exactly what I'm like. Um, If you think about all the things that can go wrong and all the things that are going to challenge you, you won't do them. So you kind of just have to pick a point and head that direction. And so I'm lucky because um, we, we have that family motto, you know, we see, we see a need and we fill it and that's just what we do. And we don't worry about, you know, it's not all going to be perfect. We know that, but we just drive and fly at the same time. So uh, yeah, he really instilled that in me. He started a foundation. It's me and my sister and three female cousins. We have not had a man born in the family in 74 years. Um, He started a foundation for us when I was 13. I'm the baby. Um, And every year we would have to sit down with him at the dining room table and we would have to present him with an organization that we had chosen. And we would ask for a certain amount of money, but we had to do the research. We had to make the contact. We had to plead our case as to why we liked that organization. So, you know, starting at the age of 13, I was figuring out how to give back to the community. And that's where I honestly met some of the people that I still know who are in these organizations. That's, that's inspiring. Uh, what a, what a great way to come of age, uh, to be trained in philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting. The same man might have chosen to uh, train you in business and bring you into board meetings and help you do deals, and yet uh, he chose to teach yeah. you philanthropy. Uh, yeah, we are not. We are not a super academic family. Um, we sort of get by on our personalities. Um, you know, Jack was always like, "Just get through school." You don't have to excel at it. You don't have to have the highest GPA. Just get through school. It's all important stuff. But none of us are 
inherently business people. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we hire the people who are the inherently business people. And yeah. <laughs> we, we paint the picture. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, as you reflect on your success, your upbringing, all the things that make you who you are, what do you see as your superpower? I think, honestly, my superpower is the fact that I'm a dreamer. Um, I tend to... It's not that I don't stress out and it's not that I don't get overwhelmed. It's just more I have a lot of trust. Um, I am I am humble to a fault. I would much rather put somebody else in the front and like let them show their face. Um, I, I am probably not the most professional boss. I am very big on relationships. Um, I like to keep things casual and comfortable and I want to hear all of the good, bad and the ugly. I'm not going to, you know, be disingenuous. And I think because of that, I have found the most amazing people to work with me and for me. And there's a level of trust that we have developed. So I think my superpower is honestly um, that I'm that I'm a dreamer and I just bring people into my dream world and a lot of them stick. <laughs> it's really yeah. great. Well, as you let's let's think a little bit about your work uh, for the last eight or nine, 10 years, you've been running nonprofits. Uh, how do you see your dreaming that that? visionary capability as, as influencing the good outcomes you've had in that work? I think people see that I'm, I'm not doing this. You know, I do get some uh, naysayers who think that I do this because I feel guilty about my status in life or that I am, um, I'm trying to, to get attention or I'm just trying to make people like me. Um, but I don't, when you know me and you talk to me, I'm, I'm really not that because I will tell you as much of the, the crap that I go through as, a, as the good things and the things I've accomplished. Um, so I, and I have two daughters and that's what I instill in them that, you know, ask any question, talk about things that, you know, scare you or make you vulnerable. Um, so I think when people see my vulnerability and the fact that I'm, I'm comfortable to cry in public, I'm completely fine, you know, with mis mismatched clothes sometimes or whatever, that's just who I am. And so I think, um, I struggle sometimes when people don't know me and, and make past judgment based on where I came from. But, um, I think that, that, also pushes people to know that they can be that way too. They don't have to be professional all the time. They don't have to, you know, convince anyone of anything. They don't have to impress anybody. Um, it's, it's just easier to be yourself. Yeah. Well, it, 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 that's a, a great segue to my next question. But as you think about how other people could emulate you, right? How other people can be like Allie. Uh, what would you suggest they do to develop that dreaming as a superpower for good? Um, I think you have to um, give as much as you take. I think if you are going to, you have to be able to listen to people, um, but you also have to ask questions and you have to be curious um, because the greatest ideas come from, you know, those sort of, 
silly moments in life. I mean, the idea for the store came from a night, a happy hour with my sister and my cousins, you know, over wine. I just think at any moment, a great idea can appear and you just have to be open to it. And the only way you're going to be open to it is to ask questions, talk about your experiences, find collaboration with people, see the similarities people have. And so I don't think what I'm doing is groundbreaking. I think it's always been there. It just needed somebody to give it a name and a roadmap. Um, so that is what I would tell people. I mean, if you, cause we see things all the time that we want to change, but we either don't think it's possible or we just move on to something else. Sometimes those seeds are there. They just need somebody to bring them to life. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. That's, that's really a good, good observation. Well, Allie, I really thank you for taking the time to, for this discussion. And I congratulate you on the successful launch of Rung for Women. Uh, and I want to wish you every success. But before, before we wrap up, would you just take a minute or two and tell people how they can learn more about Rung for Women, how they might uh, offer a donation if that's helpful to you, tell them how they can connect with you maybe on social media or in other more personal ways, if you're open to that. But if you just take a minute and let people know about that, that'd be great. Yeah. So the best way to connect with us is on the website, which is rungforwomen.org. On the website, we have links to apply. We have links to volunteer. We have tons of volunteer active or opportunities from gardening to mentorship. Um, you can donate on the website. We're on all social media under Rung for Women, and I'm pretty sure there's a link for all of that on the website as well. We have some really cool sort of um, cartoony videos on the website that can sort of um, elevator pitch what we do. Um, we offer uh, tours multiple times a week if you want to bring in a group to see the building. Sometimes it's easier to understand the concept when you're in it. Um, and, you know, we have, you know, all of all the staff's um, emails and you can get to everybody personally. You can learn about all of our um, seven existing organizations that are actually in our building um, that we it's literally nonprofits that I've partnered with that have put hired an employee to be the rung representative of their organization. Um, so you can learn more about all of those. Um, so it's, it's a pretty, uh, informative website, but we certainly have links to, um, reach, reach our employees that can give you more information. Fantastic. Well, Allie, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for all of your insights today. Uh, and again, uh, congratulations on the successful launch. Thank you for the great work you're doing and we wish you every success. Thank you so in, much. in building a successful organization that continues to help lots and lots of women and their families. We'll be doing it forever. <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay. Now, let's do some good. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. 
Then let's talk. Now keep using your superpowers for good. Together we can reverse climate change, improve global health and eradicate poverty.